0: I'm telling you, these people are Satanists. As I sit here, they are Satanists. Nothing will stop the Satanic Total Release! Stop testing Satan! Welcome to the place where we are so sick of the question, Why Satan? We named a podcast after it. Sorry for the long break... Due to many reasons, I haven't recorded a podcast in a while. One of them is I've been having a lot of shoulder pain due to the cold weather in New England, which was not helped by the fact that I had an extremely old pillow that was not supporting my neck at all. So that's been rectified. I have been working on using my shoulders a bit less when I'm able to um, and just taking care of myself. I have also tried to de-stress, which probably going to help. I've spent a little less time looking at news and things like that, which have helped me de-stress a bit. I've been working on uh, Vampire the Masquerade um, role-playing game that my friends are going to play with me eventually, and I'm going to be the storyteller on that one, which maybe I'll now and then... In the podcast, mentioned some really ridiculous things they've done for people who know anything about Vampire the Masquerade. and you know, you can get in worse trouble in that game than you can in DD. Speaking about DD and Vampire the Masquerade and other uh, satanic nonsense that people like to accuse as being satanic, I ran across an amazing conspiracy theory that started in 2016. It was a meme. And when I saw it, I thought it was ridiculous. And then I looked into it a bit more on Rational Wiki and it's it's amazing. Let me just read you this. In 2016, a conspiracy theory was spawned when several people noticed that uh Zina Sreck I that's not I don't think that's how you pronounce a name, but I'm not good at pronouncing names, I'm sorry. The daughter of Anton LeVay bore a striking resemblance to the pop star Taylor Swift when she was younger, with some of the usual suspects claiming shenanigans, namely that Taylor Swift was a clone of Anton's daughter, raised to spread the word of Satan to millions of unexpecting youth. Given that the daughter of Anton Levay, as noted above, left the Church of Satan, on fairly bad terms it is likely that she would have been the first to spill the beans about any secret plot to take over the world with an obnoxious teen pop, uh, with, uh, with obnoxious teen pop in order to embarrass her father. That said, it is well known that Taylor, Taylor Swift is a snake, and they cite this as citation not needed, so this does hold water. You, you can tell they had a little fun with it at the end, but I, I saw that, and I did some Googling, And if you want to get a bit of a either a chuckle or be concerned about that people believe these things, look it up. Um, There are people who just went with it for the meme and joked around with it. But there are, uh, if you do just a Google search on Taylor Swift and Church of Satan or Satanism Taylor Swift, you'll run into it or even his daughter's name, in Taylor Swift. It's, there, there are people who believe this, and, well, that is because people love to scream sat- Satanism on many, many different things. Speaking of Satanism, I was looking through, well, more speaking of satanic panic nonsense, I decided to look through One of my favorite books to browse through when I have nothing better to do, which is the Infernal Dictionary. So looking around the Infernal Dictionary, I found an amazingly fun word, blasphemy, which the passage is equally amazing. It reads, Misfortune often occurred to the coarse people who blasphemed. People saw some of them seized by fits of anger and suddenly die. Were they smothered by anger? Did they have strokes? Or were they punished by a supreme power? Or was it sometimes said, strangled by the devil? Uh, Tor- Torkmadad, who not going to be able to pronounce his name, speaks of a blasphemer who was killed by thunder one day. And people were stunned when they realized that the lightning had torn off his tongue. If it is chance, if it is singular, indeed. If anyone in the world can tell me what that last sentence means, when it says, if it is chance, I kind of understand what that means, or it is singular, indeed, not quite sure what it means by it is singular, but, so, what we learned from this passage is a valuable lesson, that if you blaspheme, the devil's going to strangle you, or maybe God will just kill you, you'll get so angry through blaspheming that you will die, or maybe... Just you'll get struck by lightning on your tongue and it will get cleaved from your mouth. This book is interesting as I looked up the history on it. It was written by someone who was trying to take these ideas of superstition and apply this new idea of science to them, this new idea of the Renaissance to them. And they took that to mean writing it down and trying to analyze it. And there are actually some decent passages in here that seem somewhat correct, at least correct as they understood it. The um, the passage on Baphomet is actually not that bad. It notes that it was, at least this is the story that they took, it was something that the Templars took to worshipping. And that's something we hear a lot, but it actually doesn't link Baphomet to the devil at all, so at least... The person who wrote this book seemed to have done a little research. Um, Baphomet is an interesting thing to get into. There's some that say it was Templars. There are some that say it was invaded. Uh, Baphomet was invented much later. There are some that I've heard that Baphomet was actually a mistranslation or a weird misverbiage where it was actually the Templars were, were worshipping Muhammad. But either way, this is an interesting book. If you ever are to find it cheaply, um, because it I, I've looked up what the regular retail cost of it is, it is quite expensive. But if you ever were to stumble upon it, or you wanted to get a really interesting gift for someone, and you have a good gift um budget, it's... It, it's it's a fun book there there's an entry on egg whites in here that points to um umancy, which I'm guessing is a type of magic um there's on elax elacticity, which actually this one's interesting um th- oh it talks about elastic stones, which are kind of sandstone um it's interesting it is definitely. You can see someone trying to apply some sort of scientific method to outdated ideas. There's an entry on the end of the world. It's really long. Maybe at some point I'll read that one. One of the best entries in here that I will read at some point is on Sabbat. What the Sabbat is, it's sort of like a witch gathering And it is amazing I've read that entry before. I will definitely have to read it for the podcast one day. Sadly, enough for the amusing stuff, and we're going to move on to our main topic. This election has taught me a few things. One of them that I've been thinking about a lot lately is there are 70 million people who I will never be friends with, at the very least. Anyone who has voted for Trump or voted for anyone who has worked with him on anything, is not someone that I could be friends with or support. And even working with them would be a strain, as I would feel that they have to be a vile human being at some point. I've heard some people say when I bring this up that politics shouldn't affect friendships. It shouldn't affre- affect uh, being able to work with somebody. Maybe that might have been true. When we were discussing things like, whose district should the new airport be built in? Or, which state should get the contract for what FBI building? Or, which state this river's dam maintenance should belong to? Or, things like that. Things that we don't tend to deal with anymore on the national level. Things that are completely overshadowed. At this point, there is not one ounce of politics that is not morals. Your politics, I believe, at this point, are your morality. Like I said, this isn't some weird debate. This, these debates are whether or not we should trek backwards into racism, sexism, bigotry, human rights abuses, and burning democracy and diplomacy to the ground. If someone told me a few years ago, back when I was still figuring out a lot of things, back when I was just changing over from a wishy-washy Christian to um an atheist, when I was still uh, when I was still kind of libertarian, which I'll do a show on libertarianism at some point, my views on it and why it's incompatible with a lot of things. But if someone told me that there would be a president who did everything that Trump would do and that his party would be completely okay with it, that they would look the other way as he did everything, and that he would have massive support from his base, I would wonder if you were talking about a different country, I would have thought, well, clearly this has to be Either some other country you're talking about or you're looking into way too many dystopian novels. But there is nothing I don't think anyone can tell me that would change my mind. And I say this about very few things. There is nothing someone could say to me who supported Trump where I would choose to be that individual's friend. And even if I had been their friend... I would want nothing to do with them. There are family members who I used to look up to when I was young, who I look at now and I, I have complete, complete disgust for. I grew up thinking that they were great people, and I can't anymore. It's like looking at some horrible, twisted, disgusting facsimile of this person, It's like watching someone, I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure that there are people out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, You have family members who you thought were, I mean, they were Christian or they were of some belief. And you thought, yes, they believe in these things, but they're not too extreme. They're good people. It's just how they grew up. And over the past four years, you've watched them. You've watched them change. And you're not sure they're ever going to be the same person again. You hope, whenever you talk to them, you hope that, well, maybe, maybe, maybe they'll be a different person now. Maybe now that he lost or maybe now that he's showing a bit more of who he is. He's throwing the country that they say they love so much under the bus so well. And you don't see any change. You, you, the only real change that you see is one that demonstrates that they are more upset that this individual lost rather than any sort of fact of the matter or seeing anything he's doing right now. Or anything they will at least people I've been around like they'll be seemingly depressed that this individual that Trump lost and then they'll be like a window of hope and they'll get excited that well see well Giuliani said this or well the Democrats are just gonna ruin the country or so-and-so individual here is a criminal or well, they're just doing it for insert bizarre reason here. They'll go on about the deep state and, well, this means China's taken over the country. Or all these, basically a mix of Fox News and uh, OAN greatest hits. It's less like talking to a person and more like talking to a speaker that has just been programmed with propaganda that continues to spit out Lines. There's other people I know who were my friends who have contacted me recently after the election and stated, Well, now that he's out of office, maybe we can hang out or we can do X or do something. And I've told them, No, no. And it has nothing to do with the current politics, it has nothing to do with who's in office. It has everything to do with that this just showed me who they were. I tell them, no, no, this showed me that you're willing to be okay with a fascist in the government, basically. And I believe that this election just tells the Republican Party that fascism isn't a way to lose an election. How they lost the election is... They just had someone on Twitter who couldn't shut up, who just would say what they wanted. And when I think about everything that's happened over these years, that's one of the good things, is I've gotten to see who some people really are. I've gotten to see that, and I've been able to cut them from my lives, from my life, not lives. It'd be great if I had lives. Um, But cutting people out, Is something that is... It's hard. I know it's hard. I've had to do it. And just sometimes you can't keep people around. There's no need to have people around who are just going to cause you misery. To cause you pain. You don't need to force yourself to be around people who are going to mistreat you. Belittle you. Insult you. Believe that you're evil for your views. I mean, granted, I just did that. But... I'm not belittling someone for their views, really. I'm not continually going after them. I'm just looking at them completely astonished and aghast, and I've cut myself off. I'm talking about people who don't cut themselves off, who just want to pressure you and push you, who just want to try to change you into the person that they think you should be, not by showing you something, but by bullying you into it. If I know someone who does support Trump, I I don't bully them into anything. I just want to show them facts, bullying them into it's not going to do anything. Yeah, maybe I'll get angry at them or I'll I've called a few of them stupid. Um but at that point it's when I have laid out every fact and there's no discussion, they just want to um th- they just don't want to see it. But the people I'm talking about are those who will look at someone, for example, who is transgendered and just want to tell them, no, you're not. You're incorrect. That's not who you are. Maybe a parent who says, no, you're my little boy. I don't want a little girl. I want my little boy. Or maybe a mother who's like, you you can't be gay. I want grandchildren and will constantly complain that, well, this is the end of the family line. I guess I'm going to have to be the only member of my family who doesn't have grandchildren or someone who beat you over the head that, well, I'm not judging you. God is judging you. And, you know, I'm not going to send you to hell, but you're going to send yourselves there. Things like that. And this is the most toxic when it comes from a family member, especially a parent. I've seen, I've seen, I've had friends, a very close friend who had a very toxic parent. And they couldn't, they had so much trouble getting away. And the reason why they had so much trouble getting away is they believed that, well, this parent raised them. They owe, they owe something to this parent. Because they they spent money on them. They they took care of them. That in and of itself is toxic. If you were raised in a way where you feel that you owe your parents something, your parents have abused you. They've raised you in a manner that they they didn't raise you that way for your health or your emotional well-being. They raised you that way. To use it against you. And that's all I could tell them. That they owe their family nothing. That in fact, their family didn't really have a choice whether to raise them really. One, if their parents had not fed them or not taken care of them, that's, that's against the law. Someone could have called the police on them. And just overall, just being a basic human being, that can't be the standard. We can't just hold someone to a standard of being a basic human being. That's expected. You don't owe anyone for being a basic human being. And being a basic human being doesn't bank. You can't build up credit on just being a person you're supposed to be. You can't then turn around and feel that you can dictate someone's life. It took a long time. A very long time through my friend getting away from their family and just over time talking to them and just showing them that, well, good friends aren't like that, good family shouldn't be that way. It took a long time for them to come to the realization that, yeah, maybe, maybe that's not how people should be. Well, no, they knew that that's not how people should be. But they came to the realization that they didn't owe their family anything. That they didn't have to feel that they needed to give them something. Or they needed to repay anything. And I know that that during this year, there's a lot of people who aren't going to see their family this year. And, And some people are thankful. Some people are being pressured into maybe a Zoom call. I mean, if you don't want to deal with it, you can always say that, you're having internet issues, or you can say that you tried to log in and it wasn't working. But if you feel that you need to do that, think about why. Think about why that you, you dread going there or don't want to deal with the call. If you want to get out of someone's life to the point where you think it's going to make you more happy to cut them out, think about it. There's nothing saying you have to maintain attachments to people. There's nothing that says you need to maintain a relationship with anybody. Maybe if you're not sure, try setting boundaries. Inform them you don't want to talk about subject X or this is who I am. And we can either have a relationship where you accept it or not. Or at least a relationship in which it doesn't come up. I don't care if you want to... Say, pray for me in your house when I'm not around. But don't you dare in the middle of dinner or during a conversation, pray for my soul while I'm there. How would you like it if I prayed to, I don't know, some other being to show you the way out of your beliefs while I was there? Would you like it? Would you find it respectful? Ask them. Ask them if they would find it respectful for you to continue to belittle their point of view every time you saw them. And I th- that's, that's the difference. There are, there, are, there are disagreements. There are people who I disagree with politically, but I can sit with them and have conversations and it can never come up. There is someone I know that is way left of me and I've gotten a little more left thanks to them, thanks to some of their point of views. But we don't have that conversation every time we meet. We don't yell and scream at each other over it. We have debates and we discuss things and we agree to disagree. But it's never to the point of, well, you're just a horrible human being because you don't believe this minor thing that I do. And they won't go on to belittle me for the entire time that we're there with each other. If they really believed that I'm such a horrible person because of my thoughts that, well, they would want to cut the relationship off. They might say, people who were that toxic, that they want to help you. Sticking to the the parent, because I, I feel that, or family member, because I think that's the hardest. If someone just says, well, I'm doing this because I love you. No, they they don't. Maybe... They have a twisted version of what that means. If they say, well, I, I love you unconditionally, but, you know, I, I don't believe that you're gay, or I don't believe blank, or whatever. That's not unconditional love. It's not. And anyone who thinks that it is, is has no idea what the word unconditional is. Granted, I, I'm not sure how much I believe in unconditional love. I believe that there are definitely things that even my girlfriend could do that would, if she went out and murdered a puppy tomorrow, I, I would want to know why she murdered a puppy. And unless she gave me a very good reason, uh, there might be a problem. Like, yeah, no, there would definitely be a problem. But think about that idea. If If it was anyone else but a family member who said, well, I just want to do this I just want to change you because I know it's best for you and I love you. And I want you to put that onto a new relationship. Say a boyfriend or girlfriend was doing that. Your friends. And I, I know pe- there are people who listen to it who've had to deal with this. Would look at their friend and tell them that person's not good for you. They're going to hurt you. That is an abusive relationship. Well, If a family member is telling you something is good for you, and you're a grown-ass adult, then that's not a good relationship. When it comes to children, there are certain things that, yeah, no, there are certain things that children might want to do that's probably not the best thing for them to do. However, there are things that children do know about themselves that I feel they need to be supported. And most of what I've been talking about is not minors, and the reason... I haven't touched on minors in this conversation, is that's a whole other complicated mess. I don't know what to do about that. The only thing that I can tell a minor who is still dependent on family is that, I'm sorry, you you might just need to stick it out. And that's sad. There There are some, especially for LGBTQ um support there are there's a list of sites from the cdc that i will put in the show notes that is aimed at youth and if someone knows someone who might need those resources uh please send them those resources or maybe show them them yourself but yeah minors is where it's gotten tricky it's why i'm i'm pretty much talking about adults But if you're someone who has a family or friend who is just toxic and abusive, it it shouldn't be that way. You need to put out boundaries. You need to inform them that they have a choice. And it is a choice that is completely up to them. They can agree to these boundaries. And if what they perceive is more important than their relationship with you, then that's it. That they have made that choice. And the reason why I keep bringing up a son or daughter who might be gay is, or trans, is that's where I see the biggest, that's where I see this happen the most. Or atheist. um, Or Satanist. Granted, a lot of Satanists aren't insanely open. And a lot of Satanists I know tend to just present themselves as atheists but especially those like me who like I've said before job is a major issue which it shouldn't be that that is that is something that that bothers me a lot but that's a different topic for any reason someone is making you feel not good about yourself and That reason is just something about you or something you enjoy. You know what? There's actually someone I know who they enjoy sex. They enjoy going out to clubs safely, hooking up with other people. They enjoy flirting with their friends. A few of their friends are friends with benefits and they're happy. They enjoy expressing themselves in that way. They enjoy the interactions and there are some people who look at them and say, You can't be happy. That's not you're just letting people use you. Of course, you've probably guessed it, they're female, because of course if it was a if it was a guy for the most part, people would say how awesome it was. And even that too is a lifestyle they've taken on. They've taken on's not the bet taken on's a horrible word. That is That is part of their life they like. They are happy. They are enjoying themselves, and that's who they are. And my view about life is life is there to be enjoyed. And someone's making them feel guilty about something they like. If Hell, if your family is making you feel guilty because you like painting, and they're telling you your painting is horrible, and that you should stop, and that's all they hound you about... Yeah, even to that point, you might want to tell them to go fuck themselves. I can understand if someone's not painting very well and they want to make a career out of it, I I can kind of understand nicely letting them know that, hey, this isn't... I support you, but just make sure that you take care of you. And that is the difference. The difference is being... Even if you disagree with somebody... As long as it's not hurting anyone else, you can be supportive and still tell them, well, I might not agree, but I support you. I, I'm sure that there are so many people out there who deal with family and friends who that's all it would take for them to feel more safe and less toxic is being told that, well, maybe, maybe, well, they don't completely agree with whatever the issue is, that they'll support their friend or daughter or niece or nephew or son, that they'll be supportive. Now, if this support comes with the caveat, then, well, fuck you. If you were to tell someone who was gay or lesbian that, well, I support you, I don't agree, but I support you, but, however, you're not allowed to bring your boyfriend over for family dinner. Well, you know what? Fuck you, because that's not supporting. You can disagree with someone and still have them in your life. It just depends on what the disagreement is. Something like who you're dating is none of anyone else's fucking business. Which, to go all the way back, is what I was saying with uh, with Trump supporters you believing that children should be locked in cages is no, that is not just your business. That is the business of the children you're logging up. And there I think is the difference. I think that's the difference between when I say, well, there are toxic people who want you to change. And then I'll say, well, I can't be friends with someone who does blank. That's the difference is most of the time toxicity comes down to not liking someone for who they are. Not their actions, or it might be for actions, but it's not actions that affect anyone else but themselves, for the most part. Or don't affect anyone else who isn't also consenting to those actions. Whereas the people who I do not want to associate with are doing things that impact people who have not consented at all, who just want to be left alone, who are not bothering them at all. And that's the difference. That is the difference between someone who is toxic and someone who has said, I have had a moral line on the sand. I will not be friends with blank people. And you know what? If If someone who is toxic decided that, well... You love a different person than I do. I don't want to be friends with you. That sucks. That is an asshole. They, you should write them out of your lives if someone does something like that. But at least they understand that it is better for you and them to not interact anymore. Toxic people. I feel they're worse. I have dealt with both. I have dealt with people who have cut me out. And I have dealt with people who want to keep me around. And continue to harass me. I would take the person who cuts me out every time. And I have felt so much better. Since I have cut so many people out. There are a lot of people I've cut out of my life. And I'm better for it. Another hard part about dealing with this particular subject is not even being the person who has to deal with it it is being the friend of someone who's dealing with this it's hard it's not quite as hard as the person who's dealing with it but a lot of the time as a friend you can sit there and wonder well what can I do how can I help from my own experience the best thing to do is help them with the guilt if they want to cut someone off just let them know they're not a bad person. It's not their fault. Help them with talking through their ideas. Talk them through their reasoning on why they cut this person off. Realize that it's the best thing for them. Or maybe if they don't want to cut someone off because they're worried they owe some them something. Talk them through that. Bring up the boyfriend or girlfriend scenario if it was the same thing. Bring up the domestic abuse uh, angle. And if they say, well I, well, I only see them once or twice a year, ask them, well, are you happier when you don't see them? Is there a reason you're doing this? And yes, sometimes there is. Sometimes there is a reason that people put up with it. Maybe they want to see their nieces and nephews or cousins that they can't see otherwise. That, that one's rough. That one is rough. If you have to choose between the whole family and people you don't like and people you like, that one's rough. And I don't know how to deal with that one. That is something that people have to think about hard. And it might be that you have to deal with shitty people. It sucks. But being a friend is being there for them, listening, helping them talk through it. And I think one of the most important thing is showing them what a real friend is like. That not everything has to be on a subject that you disagree. And that you can disagree with someone and still enjoy their company. That a friend can have a different point of view. Like, I can tell my friend that clearly the secret of Nim is childhood nightmare fuel. But me telling them they'll go to hell if they don't believe that The Secret of Nim is Nightmare Fuel is, you know, toxic, or making every get-together about how that movie is complete and utter nightmare fuel that shouldn't be shown to children until they're at least 10. I, 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 have, I have issues with The Secret of NIMH. I it, it traumatized me when I was a child, but that's not neither here nor there. A friend needs to be a contrast. Be the contrast between a good friend and toxicity. And if anyone has treated you abusively, there's no excuse. There is no excuse for abuse. And it shouldn't be that way. And a lot of this episode has been me just thinking about things to myself. And it's it's been a little hard. I've had to, I've had to take a break or two just thinking about all the people I've had to cut out. And especially at the beginning of this conversation where I talked about family members who are, are lost to this weird Trumpian cult. And especially when I can see, see people going down a weird QAnon rabbit hole and there's, there's nothing I can do. And sometimes there's nothing you can do about toxic people. You can't change them. You can only get away from them. And you have to remember that as a Satanist and an atheist, I believe I only get one shot at life. And if I'm wasting most of my life dealing with people who make me miserable, I I can't do it. It goes against everything that I believe in. It goes against self-respect. It goes against what wanting... It goes against wanting what is best for me. It also goes against what I want best for my friends, because if I'm dealing with toxic people all day, I guarantee you, and I've, it's actually one of the big reasons why I cut people off is because I would deal with these people who would bother me. And then I would turn on and have a conversation with my girlfriend. And, um, I would just go on a rant about these people and I know, I like after I, I felt horrible because I knew she didn't want to hear it because she would feel bad and frustrated because she couldn't help because she didn't know them. And like I've said before, we don't live in the same country even right now. And she would just get frustrated and not have any idea how to help. And honestly, it was, it was at that point, seeing my not being able to deal with it hurting someone else and worrying that, well, I might be bringing... The toxicity to them by proxy. It's, I had to cut it off. It was, it was like a piece of me that had become rotten and no longer had a use to it, but I wanted to keep it around just because it was always there. And sometimes I would make use of it, but it would hurt every time I did. And I think that people just need to think. Is there anything they really get out of these relationships that's worth the amount of pain they get out of it? And putting up borders and boundaries. You know what? I I know that, like, my voice has gone up and down between being a little down and, uh, like, being up. It's because I'm doing a lot of this off the cuff a bit. I have notes. But there, there are times there are people who I've set boundaries and has worked. There is someone who I've become a much better friend with now that we've agreed not to talk about something. I'm not going to get into what it is here, but there, there was a few things that we agreed not to talk about and it's worked. So I, so put up boundaries and cut out people who refuse to honor those boundaries because that's the important thing. You owe it to yourself to be happier and you owe it to your friends not to be around toxic people as well. Because trust me, you are probably driving your friends crazy every time you go from being around the toxic people to being around your actual friends. Because they're taking emotional burdens from you if they're good friends. And um, yeah, I-, I just want everyone to think about it. If you know someone who's dealing with toxic friends, talk to them, or toxic family, talk to them. If you're that person, reach out to a friend, or maybe think about boundaries, think about when to cut it off. That's it, and that's really all I have to say on this, even though it actually was uh, quite a span of talking. I actually thought this was going to be a bit shorter, but it is a important subject to me. But this has been Why Satan, and Hail Satan. You know, I was thinking with Trump out of the White House, what is the the White House babysitter going to be doing for the next four years?